Good morning. It's Talent Talk, the podcast version. Uh, today's Tuesday, November 23rd. Um, I'm Athena. I'm Noah. I'm Ash. I'm Ryan. And I am Mr. McKaylin, and I'm Mr. Dixon. So we've got a uh, we've got a whole pile of people here today. This is great. Um, so thank you to Mr. McKaylin um, and Ryan for for coming in today. They're going to talk to us in a little bit about the Oedipus production that w- occurred uh, the other week or week or two ago, two weeks ago, three weeks Must ago. I yeah, know. I think it was like more like three or four now. It's yeah. kind of it's been a little while. It's been a while. Time has kind of blurred recently yes. for me. Like I'm not entirely sure what day Dude, it is. That, that was just quarantine in general. Yeah. So we're finally coming out of it. So let's dive into some announcements quickly, yeah? All right, so school counseling. Seniors, please complete... Uh, complete. <laughs> please complete your graduate form by November 30th. Uh, December 15th, we will have armed service vocational aptitude battery testing. Uh, if you need uh, math help in the Learning Commons, uh, there's drop-in sessions there in the Learning Commons. Tuesday is 11.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. and Thursday is 11.30 a.m. to noon. Uh, for any of the main uh, math courses, Algebra 1, Geometry, Algebra 2, Pre-Calc, AP-Calc, and AP-Stats. Now, since time travel isn't possible, it's Tuesdays from 7.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. <laughs> I was gonna Are say, you in the sure? Comments. <laughs> Listen, I know the characters uh, characters and fandoms that I'm into, time travel should be possible, but uh, no. Not yet? Not in, the, not yet. Not in the constraints of the real world. It, it would break real, space-time. The real, the real world is overrated. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Why talk to real people when you can just talk to, like... Pretty anime girl, something I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Athena, what else is going on? Uh, uh, please support Kelly Harris's senior project food drive. It ends November 26. The boxes are at BHS, BMS, and DES. There's a Venmo for money donations, and all items collected will be donated to Friends of Forgotten Children in Concord. Uh, stuff the bus. Um, for the Needed donations, Concord Women's Shelter, toiletries and light-used clothes, friendly kitchen, um, canned food, non-perishables, and canned and bottled beverages, eh. Uh, Toys for Tots, new toys, Friends of Forgotten Children is art materials and blankets and sports equipment. Concord Coalition to End Homelessness is cleaning supplies, hygiene products, and basic household essentials. YMCA and Rise Again is clothes in good condition. BH the- BHS Theater presents Play On on December 10th through 12th, 7 p.m. in the auditorium. Ryan, are you in that show? I am actually not. No? <gasps> okay. We got to get somebody who's in that show, like, uh, on here. I will figure out who's in that. I will yeah. I will go find the drama department. I'll figure out who that is, or somebody here can figure out who that is. I, I, dude, I look, at, I look in the music hallway religiously to see if there's any theater productions going on. Nothing's listed. And it's like, there's actually like, three plays going on. <laughs> nice. I know one of our Oedipus cast members, uh, Mr. Nick Thessel, is in I can try. Okay, I'm going so to drag could, him in here. So we could try to get him yeah. in here at some That'd point. Yeah. yeah, well, actually, I think the play on cast, the cast I mean, list is in, awesome. the, in the band hallway, so we can always just subpoena one of them in here. <laughs> get a court order. We will get on we the will podcast. Them down and drag them. <laughs> drag them by their hair. Get in here. Uh, get Ryan, in here. Take a, oh, take a announcement for us. I see it. Okay. So it looks like we have some career exploration opportunities on the 22nd of November and the 29th in room 1311, both in room 1311. And on the 22nd, we will be reflecting on fine arts and slow energy career field. Oh yeah, because that was the um, 
It was uh, on the flex day of November. Yeah. That was technically yesterday. Oh, yeah, we got to yeah. go back in time for that oh, one, yeah, too, yeah. I that guess. Was, yeah, that was so the only one coming up now is the one on the 29th. Yeah, and then apparently on the 29th, we're going to be preparing for another interview. I, I I was actually there, I think. I don't remember exactly. In the future? <laughs> I was there in the future. Time travel, baby! Yeah! No, no, I was there when she was talking about it, but um, I, I have no idea about the, the new person. But I know the actually the solar thing was actually very interesting. Oh, I'm sure it's a new... Yeah, yeah. I would have liked to go to some of these, but I either forgot or I couldn't go because I had to meet with the teacher. Well, I'm a senior, so I've been dealing with actually trying to apply to college. Well, then you should probably go to the preparing for an interview because I think that one is about like prepping for like actual like oh. when you, when you I've go I've already on done all interview. my interviews, so well, that's what it means. Um, I think that's what it is. So as you're looking for jobs and need to go for an interview or if you're going to college interviews, you know, there, there's a certain art to the, you know, like being interviewed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a great thing to learn about. Uh, looks like yearbooks are still on sale. Remember, price goes up on the 23rd. So... Uh, order your yearbooks and send photos to lhudak at bonet.org. Less than a month to get before those prices go up. And it's a pretty big jump, too. It's like 15 bucks or something like that. So I don't know. I mean, the number $73 on its own is, kind of, is just a huge just a number. Uh, number. The yearbooks are, like, really expensive. They get they really are. expensive. But yeah. they look gorgeous, though. They're such yeah. a mm. nice yearbook. Yeah, one of my uh, middle school I was yearbooks. I've already ordered mine by months ago. Good. Mm. Yeah, one oh. of my middle school yearbooks is actually, like, black and red. And black and red is just such a nice combination. Yeah. Um, BHS Esports team standings. Only one of these I know has been updated, and that is the Splatoon 2 scores, because Mr. Dixon did not update any uh, of the other ones. Yeah, sorry. Um, so the, I, the updated one for Splatoon 2 is 3 and 4, and the rest of them are the same as last week. So League of Legends is at 6 and 6. Uh, both uh, Bo Melee Super Smash Bros. is at 2 and 4. Bo, uh, BHS O'Hare Air Super Smash Bros. is at 3 and 3. And Bo Boomer's Rocket League two and four. Yeah, a season's now officially over. Um, we do. We might have one, maybe two teams uh, might be going to playoffs uh, next week. Splatoon two team looks like um, we're going to playoffs, but and uh, but we haven't gotten the information for when those games will be yet. So, uh, but we will be starting up for a spring season, and we'll start to uh, work that out in January. Yep, I'll be there. I'll be there for the spring season. Of so. course you will. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Bohai Girls Soccer Champions, congratulations to the girl, uh, Falcon Girls Soccer Team on their overtime win in the N NHIAA Division II Championship game. Bohai School Cross Country Champions, uh, congrats on a great showing at the MOCs. Huge shout out to Maya Brochu in qualifying for New England's. Um, and Bow High School Division Three uh, champions for the well, it looks like the golf team, uh, which the Bow Golf Team won their Division Three championship. Additionally, Cam Evans, Owen Weber, Ian Eli Wilkening, and Hunter Duncan have all qualified for the individual title on uh, Saturday. Is that, that the Saturday? might have been in the past tense. That too. might have been in the past tense. I think that one was in the past tense. <laughs> oh, well, it is the golf team because the last line says, Great job by all seven golfers today. Uh, and then finally, there was a congratulations shout out to the field hockey team for, with Sarah Garrett, Riley Constant, and Jocelyn Weber. So, congratulations to them. Go, Falcons, go. Uh, if you do have any news or announcements, you can always email bhsnews at bonet.org. 
Um, so now let's dive in and talk to our special guests about the Oedipus production. Um, Wonderful. So maybe the, the first question is, is what, what inspired you to, uh, to do an Oedipus production? Well, it began actually with a podcast. Um, I was listening to a podcast last spring, a podcast I've enjoyed on various occasions called On Being, which is an NPR-based podcast. And there was a guest on there named Brian Dorries, who has been doing ancient theater productions that are about starting important social conversations. And um, I was listening to what he's been doing for the last 20 years or so, uh, mostly in like the New York City area, uh, but he's traveled around the country and around the world doing performances too. And he'll get you know amazing actors like Bill Murray and um, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones. But you know huge people everyone's sort of heard of. But Jesse Eisenberg I know is another one, um, and and some some actors who you'd recognize their face but not necessarily know their name um, to do performances of ancient theater as a way of starting conversations about things like homelessness or as a way of processing tragedies. Like, um, I don't know if you remember the tragedy in Joplin, Missouri. I don't even remember how long ago that was, where I think the whole town was, was destroyed in this storm. Um, and you know he would do a performance there with the members of the town to try to process what had happened. Um, so I sort of started to think about, well, what would it look like to take that idea and bring it to a local level and bring it to Bow High School? Um, and I you know, like all of us, I think I'm wrapping my head around this idea of what is what does this pandemic mean for us and how has it changed life and how has it shifted our perspectives on things? So it felt like that was the big question to, to grapple with. And as I was thinking about, you know, bringing an ancient pr drama production to pair with that, the one that came to mind was Oedipus because it actually begins in a pandemic. And I thought that would be an interesting uh, way of opening up the conversation and, and exploring um, th this question for us of, you know, how has the pandemic changed us? So that was where it came from. Yeah, excellent. Ryan, how did you get on board with this? Okay, so actually pretty quick, um, I guess, sir, or Mr. McKylan, he just asked me, hey, I'm like, yep. It, it, it was just that simple. I just said yes or that whenever, just instantly, because I don't even know. I haven't ever done a play, and nor did I ever think I'd do a play. But it was actually fun. It was actually really fun. And um, I think that, I don't know. It's just like, I like just like being on stages, right? It's like there's like two types of people that I envision, and some that hate being on stages, and some that like being on stages. And I don't know. I think that if I'm really good at like doing stuff like that, why not take advantage of it? So I did, and it was actually really fun. And I'm not gonna lie, the improv games that we were doing like every single rehearsal were like the star of the show. But yeah, it was like... <laughs> improv games are amazing. That's what I'm Honestly. saying. And like, we had a bunch of good people too. Like we had, uh, oh, especially with the music too. Eli is so good on the piano, and then we had um, T-Whip on the guitar. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was just like, I think we had a really good setup, and for our first play, for most of the people for a first, but I think it was a, it was a really good one, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think you're gonna do more shows? Yeah, I already told Megister <laughs> just to let me know and I'll be there. <laughs> and you're not alone in that. A number of people have been like, when's the next one, when's the next exactly. one? So we're trying to, we're trying to figure that out and make, make a plan. But as, as Ryan was saying, just to maybe fill in some of the gaps for people that weren't a part of it, you know, we started to just explore 
okay, we've got the play, Oedipus, we've got the question, how has the pandemic changed us? How do we just add more and more layers kind of here at BHS? So it was asking, you know, a number of student actors to get involved. And then sort of this idea started to take place. Well, what if, what if it was a mixed cast of staff and student actors? That might add an extra dimension to it. And then it was, can we get original music in here? Because um, I had already been involved with some music projects with Mr. Whipple. I sort of threw at him in the last two weeks before the performance, hey, can you make a uh, soundtrack for us? And he just completely embraced that and, and jumped in. And we got uh, Eli Wilkening uh, involved as well. Um, so it became this sort of cool community effort where a lot of people were bringing their talents from, from different places. And, it was really special to be a part of it uh, as the director and, and see so many people step up and uh, be really excited about bringing it to life for the audience. I was actually in the audience for the play, mostly because I got dragged in because I'm in two of your classes. <laughs> um, and it was really interesting, it was a lot, uh, especially the discussion at the end. Unfortunately, I had to leave early for that, but it was very interesting. The play itself I was really good. And the discussion afterwards was also really interesting with the panelists and their point of view and just getting several different points of view of life from how the pandemic changed people. I thought that was one of the most interesting parts of that was when the students got up to, to right. speak into the microphone. Right. Yeah. Um, everybody had such interesting and different things to say about mm -hmm. life in the pandemic and how the play connects to, to the, their, their current life situations. And um, I just thought that was a really fascinating moment as, as people just started sharing with a larger audience what their mm -hmm. lives were like mm -hmm. and are like. One of the, one of the funniest things the, of the conversation afterwards was basically due to the fact that like a good chunk of people that were there were all in your especially the ones sitting in the second half of the auditorium were all mm -hmm. in your one of your two classes and mm -hmm. we're just going there because you basically dragged us in there <laughs> I, uh, I, I pushed my classes pretty hard to come and <laughs> did offer them some extra credit that's true but that is true I but, figured there was going to be bribery involved <laughs> there was a I'm, need I'm not above bribery but um, <laughs> what Mr. Dixon said um uh, really, I think, felt true to me, too. And I, I had a moment where I was up on the stage where, you know, I was watching people start to line up at the microphone to come and say something. And, and to hear um, people really start getting more real with their comments and the things they wanted to say. And I saw that long line. I realized we're not going to be able to get to everybody tonight. That's where I was like, oh, okay, I think this worked. I, I, <laughs> I think we really did start a conversation. And I think... Whether they were there for extra credit or not, I think it got people up to the microphone saying meaningful stuff. And um, that's really what this, this whole thing was about for me. Like one or, two, one or two students went up and then there was just a line yep. formed of yep. how many people? Probably like 30? There were a lot of people on. And, and it's funny that sometimes all it takes is, you know, like nobody wants to share, nobody wants to participate, and then somebody stands up, and then another person stands up. And, and then, then just you, everybody else stands up. And then everybody else feels comfortable with it after that. Mm -hmm. Now, is there anything, Ryan, uh, I thought I'd ask you, is there anything about the play that really stood out to you as being, like, really profound and, and powerful in this moment? I don't know, I guess... Um um, if I had to say something that, that stood out, I guess, in a very vague sense, kind of like what happened. Like, cause like, you, like, it's very vague, but like, if you think, like, if you were really paying attention, cause maybe some people missed it, which I doubt, but like, 
there's a lot of like terrible stuff going on. Like he's talking about like you know how he murdered this guy and he killed all these guys because of road rage, and it's just like ridiculous. <laughs> it's like how is this like playing at school, right? And like you know like it's crazy. And like especially the, the part you had, Mr. Dixon, where you're announcing that um, what was her name again? Joe Costa. Joe Costa. She had she had hung herself and and what and how like what led up to that. And it's just like it just I guess it shows like. I think mainly in the play, like the insanity that people were going through. Mm. But I think it really showed to me how like that was like, I think it was a really good way to portray how people were like going crazy over it all. But I think that's what stood out to me. Cause I'm like, oh, it's gonna be a cool play. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? That's like crazy. So yeah. It's definitely cap uh, tragedy with a capital T. Yeah. It, it's very, it's a dark play. It definitely gets at the at the dark side of life. Yeah. Um, but the, the Greeks thought, and I, and I think there's truth in it, that if you put the dark side of life up on the stage, it can make people reflect on their own lives in a powerful way. And uh, there's this idea of catharsis that the ancient drama was really all about, that if you experience something that's like has so many big emotions in it, you as an audience member will experience a kind of release of emotion. Um, by watching, like, you know, and I think we, we sort of have this in our culture, right? If you're in a bad, or in like a bad place, you like watch a really sad movie, maybe like a super sappy movie like The Notebook or something, and you like cry <laughs> afterwards and you feel better. The, the ancient Greeks had that same idea of going and watching a tragedy. As soon as you said, uh, look, um, like showing the dark side of life, the first thing that popped in my head was Monty Python's Always Look on the Bright Side of Life song. <laughs> Such a great the song. First thing that popped into my head song. there. Oh my God. That was actually sung at my wedding. <laughs> True story. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, you mentioned how, like, in this play, like, it's so dark and, like, all this stuff's happening. Like, so, like this guy went around killing everyone and this and that. But meanwhile, in band, we're not allowed to play tequila because tequila. Wow. There's a certain uh, credibility or, or a kind of... Um, a certain amount of grace you get for reading a classic, you know, um, because it has been read for 2,300 years. This has like been in the curriculum, quote unquote, for 2,300 years, which is kind of crazy. People have read this play and found something in it for that long. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that answers maybe the question or the, you know, the implication, but um, it is. Uh, something that has stayed with, I guess, the human species for this long, so it, it seems still worthy to explore it. Well, I think that's one of the interesting things about like classical mythology and some of those classic stories is that they still are very contemporary, even though they're 2,000 years old. I mean, you mentioned road rage. Yeah. I mean, that's still a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, only we now are driving around, you know, one-ton missiles <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> instead of, you know, you know, buggies or carts or whatever it is, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, I, 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 I get mad at Hollywood because mm. they take these mythical tales and stuff and they really mess around with them in very strange ways. Yeah, yeah. they just like boil it down to some really like... Modernized. Either modernized or just really niche. Like the whole reason like Oedipus still resonates with uh, like modern society in many ways. And Hollywood just like comes and takes that and it makes like a really like boils out all the water so it's yeah. just two percent of the actual sugar yeah or and it just it's 
not, like, yeah. Hollywood yeah, is just not they good. Make, they make Zeus and Hera love each other. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's something that doesn't happen. That's something that's not actually a thing. Yeah. It's like, they're married, so they, Hollywood's like, they're married, they must love each other. If you actually read any of the other Greek mythology, you'll understand that no. they no, no. hate each other. Mm. Um, and I, I just wish that Hollywood could make some stories that are a little bit truer. Although there was, I don't know if you've ever watched um, Black Orpheus. This is like this no. is like way like deep in my like, like the catalog of mythology <laughs> movies. It's a Brazilian film set during um, uh, uh, oh uh, uh, the celebration Mardi Gras down in okay. Brazil and Rio. Um, and it's the story of Orpheus, which mm. is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. And so you've got this guy who's just an amazing guitarist, and he loves this woman, and oh. she ends up dying in the middle of the chaos of Mardi Gras. And, um, it's a very, very like strange movie, but it actually follows the story so mm. closely, uh, just set in the present time, and it just works so well. Um, oh, that's interesting. That's I'll definitely that look that can't, the, That's something that American Hollywood has a lot of trouble with doing. Is yeah. keeping oh my god, American anything. movies. Yep. American movies are just so bad. Like, they just don't know how to follow us, like um, the original plot? story. Yeah, like the original plot. They always have to add yeah. like something cliche in there. Or they, or they, or political, or it gets really political, or political, oh, yeah. or they just don't <laughs> want to hurt anyone, so they make like this really like dumb movie, like. Like I want, I want to start naming examples, but like I don't want to, I don't want to start. A fight. <laughs> okay, if we're gonna be doing a fight, it's gonna be off. It's gonna be off camera, off mic. Uh, but yeah, that's also, a different like, podcast. For, we all do. It's like trying to set up for talent talk sometimes, oh my where god. everybody is screaming at each other. Oh my god, no! But uh, I remember in French class we were watching this movie, and like at the end of the movie, it actually like leaves you thinking, and I think it's called. Uh, uh, he loves me. He loves me not. Uh, Frantically typing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> fact check. Thriller, Dude, quick fact check thriller, on the plot. <laughs> thriller uh, uh, romance. Okay, yeah. A talented art student named Angelique is passionately in love with Dr. Loc, uh, Loc Garek, a handsome married man who she believes will leave his wife. Uh, Rachel. Uh, Rachel. Walk does not does leave Rochelle after she miscarries, but eventually decides to stay in his marriage. And so, like, like halfway into the it, like one half of the movie is following like the woman's perspective, and then like gets to one point and then like goes back like the past couple of days, and you get it all from the guy's perspective. And it's actually so interesting because like there is no it doesn't say like we're now we're following the guy's perspective. It's just like. Tell. It's just like a scene with a girl, and then it like fades into the next scene with the guy, like a couple days later. And it's just a really nice movie because it makes you think. Whereas you get all these like clear cut Disney movies where it's like it has to have a defined ending, it has to have this and that. Like it, it was also just weird how like Disney released Luca, and then like a month later they're like, hey, we're working on this other movie. It's like, how? Where did this come from? Yeah. Disney, if, if, there's, if there's not at least one Disney movie being released every three months, Disney seems to think they're doing something wrong. Disney stocks would just plummet if that was the case. Well, I think that's a lot of it, actually, is, mm -hmm. is that they mm -hmm. have to keep... Have to now keep that up. they've got Disney+, they Plus, to, they they've got to keep, keep pushing stuff, new content. They have to mm -hmm. keep releasing new stuff so that people and they, and keep and, up uh, Disney+. Plus. Disney, I mean, Disney+, Plus. Yeah. 
I mean, until, you know, whenever the heck the next major um, streaming series comes out. Mm-hmm. They have to keep pushing movies, and I think the next one's going to be um, just quick thing, The Book of Boba Fett, which comes out in a month from now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, yeah. It's They've like got ever- a Marvel one coming out in a couple weeks. A so. couple weeks, and I think that one's supposed to fill the gap between basically now and whenever the heck the next Star Wars one comes out. Yeah. All right. Well, as keeper of the time clock over here, uh, we should be kind of thinking about wrapping this up. So, um, Mr. McKylan, yes. how about rolling the dice right there and then okay. we'll ask you a random question. Ooh, I love random. Okay. Three. Three. Why did you become a teacher? <laughs> how much time do we have? Right, if, I'm reading the, um, if I'm reading the right question. Yep, it's uh, why did yeah. you become a teacher? Okay. Um, a lot of ways to answer the question. Um, the kind of circumstances question is I was out of grad school and wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life, and my high school Latin teacher sent me a message, forwarded me a job posting for a part-time Latin position at Timberlane Regional High School. And he said, would you ever think about this? And um, I didn't really have a lot of great prospects at the time, so I said, why not? So I applied, and I got the job. <laughs> and I, my first year, I taught six Latin students uh, and, and grew the program from there. It was actually a brand new Latin program. So that was sort of the ha- like circumstances around it. Um, but kind of why I've stayed with it and why I've come to just love it is because I love to have conversations with students. I love to explore some of the things we've even talked about today with this Oedipus conversation, um, kind of the themes of you know, life and how to live it and um, history and uh, the past. So I don't know, that's some of, some of the reasons. Uh, Ryan, would you like to roll the dice and get a random question? Oh, sure. Oh, I got one. He's, he's, got, he's got one oh, as well. Oh. I just have a full dice set that just sits in my backpack because you never know when you're going to need the dice. Look at a 17. 17. Uh, does this apply to if you have, Do you have a pet? If not, what would you like for one? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I've been thinking about this for a thousand times. <laughs> so I have wanted a dog for, like, my whole life. See, I tried cats. And I think my cat was stolen when I was 10. What? I cried, dude. I cried for like... Who hour. steals a cat? We lived in like a really bad part of Massachusetts, so anyone would steal a cat mm. over there. But like... <laughs> okay, I've been stealing wanting, a cat. Yeah, no, I've been wanting a dog because one, I would want to go outside way more. And I already go outside actually a lot now because I go to work and stuff. But like, I think a dog is like, like just a really good friend, honestly. I'm going to be so honest, like... Cats, you know, they're cool. They're like, I love cats, but dogs are just subjectively better in like <laughs> most ways, oh right? Cats, cats are adorable. Like, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna hold you. Cats are adorable, but dogs, they keep you active. They are so fun, and fun. I just love them. And that's my three reasons. But any dog, I have been looking at huskies. Have you seen baby huskies, dude, with the blue eyes? <laughs> they so look cool. like, oh my god. Have you, have you ever oh, seen those videos of huskies screaming? Yeah, they are very dramatic. <laughs> as, a, as a person who has who has huskies at my house, yes, they are dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. I have very dramatic. I have a also cat very right now who's old. I've got a cat right now who's getting old, and she has stopped becoming so energetic because it used to be that she would love to throw up because for a time we didn't know she was allergic to her food, right? So she'd throw up somewhere, right? 
and then we'd do her absolute best to spread it as much around the house as oh. possible. Oh. So we'd spend, so in order to stay active, we, I would run probably a mile just running circles around my house trying to catch a cat. <laughs> if you've ever tried to catch a cat by chasing it in circles, don't. Well, there you go, Ryan. Another reason why dogs are bad. I guess I was saying. <laughs> my cat's gotten older, older now, though. She nowadays she just sort of sits there and just sort of sits have, in her lap. I have both dogs adorable. and cats at my house, and like I say, I do prefer my cats. <laughs> See, it also Personally, depends on, on the person too, right? Because if you're like, yeah. it well, yeah, it just depends on the person. Yeah, well, personality. Cat person versus exactly. dog person. I would exactly. like cats, but they make my face swell shut. So I'm also allergic to cats and some dogs. So it's kind of like God gave me like the short end of the stick because I am allergic to pollen. So like uh, spring is terrible for me. I'm allergic to like most cats. So. I can't even go like, to my, my brother's house because his house is filled with cat hairs. Mm-hmm. And I think I have to eat like a hypoallergenic dog, mm. but like I feel like that really like makes my selection very slim. Mm. So it's like, mm. I'm kind of in like a weird spot, but I don't know, who knows? Maybe I'm not allergic to certain dog hairs. Because well, I should I mean, look outside the box and get like a pet alligator. Or yeah, there's that. <laughs> that that <laughs> requires Florida. you live in Florida. That requires you live in yeah, Florida. Yeah, Florida. Florida. dragon. Florida man casually uh, kidnaps an alligator squirrel. from Squirrels from were once swamp. pets. Were they? Yeah. Florida they man still are for some people. There was a craze of people uh, having squirrels as pets back it's in like the 1800s. So. Actually, speaking of squirrels, I was working at Market Basket back in someone's eyes. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. And, and this lady is, is like, she's buying all this like like seed, right? She's buying all this seed. And I'm like, oh, did, do you have a lot of birds? No, I have squirrels. I'm like, what? <laughs> squirrels? She's like, yeah, they run around in my backyard. And I'm like, what? I'm like that's crazy and like I think they're like domesticated squirrels that are in her house and I was like huh. that was so shocking to me because I never imagined a squirrel as a pet you know what I'm saying I, th- I think of it as a, a wild animal but, th- but then again all pets derived from wild animals so I guess it's not too far fetched yep. yeah well I think we are at the cutoff point we're just about oh there's the 30 minute mark that's a pretty good podcast yeah. for us um, so I think we are going to sign off so I've been Mr. Dixon I've been Ryan I've been Athena I've been Noah Mr. McKaylin and this is Ash thank you for tuning in to the, today's podcast episode we'll be back next week. next week yeah, <laughs> see you next week <laughs> <laughs>